Welcome to the Mexico Business Now podcast. This is A View from the Top, an open space for industry experts to share knowledge, information, and expertise on the most relevant topics, events, and happenings on their corresponding sectors. Welcome, everyone, to a new episode of the Mexico Business Now podcast. I'm your host, Sofia Hanna. Today with me, I have Fernando Valderas Lopez, president of Grupo SSC. Grupo SSC is a Mexico-based engineering solutions provider. It is a pioneer in the introduction of simulation and design technologies in Mexico using the ANSYS software. Grupo SSC serves a wide variety of industries like aerospace, automotive, and construction. Fernando, thank you so much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much. The pleasure is all mine, Sofia. My regards to every one of the listeners of this podcast. Thank you, Fernando. Before I start with the questions I have prepared for you today, I want to give you the space to introduce yourself, Grupo SSC, and your role within the company. Sure. I'm going to try to do it as briefly as possible because I tend to speak a lot. Sorry about that. But yes, my name is Fernando Valderas Lopez. I am the president and founder of uh, Grupo SSC. We are the pioneer and uh, most important and biggest company in Mexico related with simulation software and providing integrated solutions for all types of industries. For more than 30 years, we have been in business. And through all this time, we basically have supported most of the research and development centers of Mexican and foreign companies uh, located here in Mexico for all types of sectors, including automotive, aerospace, energy, basically all types of industries. I am very proud to lead a team of about uh, 60 engineers, practically all of them with master's degrees and PhD degrees in different types of engineering fields, because that's what you want or that's what you need in order to support all the varieties, all the different types of operations that our customers have. And I also had the opportunity to identify that Mexico was going to grow in this field and was going to demand many more engineers. And I also founded a university here in San Miguel de Allende, where we have our main office. And uh, it is called Instituto San Miguelense, where we are educating the new generation of uh, mechanical engineers and software engineers with bigger expertise in simulation software. Thank you for that introduction, Fernando. I want to make a petition before we jump in. I think most people are not familiar with what simulation is. So could you explain to our audience what it is about, its capabilities and relevance for the industries you mentioned? Of course, it is really, really important because if you are in the business of creating new products, new processes, identifying issues that may arise while you are designing and building any type of product or process. We are in a time in the 21 century in which you are practically forced to use some types of simulation in order to get the answers or get the data that you need in order to take the best decisions in terms of uh, cost savings in terms of the time that it's going to require to bring a new product into market, in terms of the safety and the risk management of how this is going to affect or impact 
other products around your product that you are creating. So we are in a world in which if you want to compete, because the competition is basically global, you are practically forced to use simulation because that way you get answers with a huge level of uh, certainty that allows you to get the best decisions looking forward. Perfect, Fernando. I know you were mentioning that this system and process are very relevant for the aerospace, automotive, health, and energy industries. But I remember from our last conversation that you touched on some examples on how this technology has been used in the aerospace sector. Could you share with us about a big project in which the company was involved and in which simulation majorly impacted the results? This is used worldwide. I'm, I'm going to first talk about a couple of examples that probably many people are very familiar Probably you or our listeners are aware of the Webb telescope that was put into space a little bit more than a year ago, and how this huge telescope is giving us a lot more information about the universe. But this telescope, the whole process or the whole project started almost four years ago, and it had to withstand millions of simulations to basically guarantee That's the word, warranty that this was going to work. It was going to perform the way that it is working right now, which is beautiful. You are faced with a project in which you are designing a new type of telescope that basically is an origami type of design in which everything had to be compacted inside a, a smaller capsule and transported millions of kilometers away from the Earth and to deploy, to extend all the mirrors and the antennas and everything to transmit all the information. And you only have one chance. You only have one chance for this to work. So in order for that to happen in a project that you had to invest billions, billions of dollars, you have to guarantee that it's going to work perfectly. There is no other way to do this than through simulation because you cannot create those type of conditions here on Earth. You absolutely have to use simulation to get the answers that you need before you send this big telescope to work and work in the way that it is right now. Another very nice new project that we are aware of is a new company called Relativity. Relativity It's a startup company that has been supported by ANSYS. ANSYS Inc. is the company that we represent here in Mexico and Central America. So that way they had, had access to all the software and the expertise of many engineers to create rocket ships and rocket engines created 100% in additive manufacturing. Just uh, two or three months ago, they sent their first spaceship into space. It was their first launch. It was almost a success because it went uh, almost all the way to where they wanted to put the, the ship in space. However, it's part of these trials that you need to do in order to guarantee that eventually you will have success. But this is a company that is creating space rockets and space ships with additive manufacturing, which is basically like 3D printing with metal, which is creating much faster designs than with previous technologies. 
And here in Mexico, you know that uh, we have very much been involved with uh, Agencia Espacial Mexicana. This is one of our customers, and they are working in uh, designing new satellites to put them into, into space. They are using ANSYS, our software, and they are using our expertise and our support and training. We also have been involved with Horizon Tech, which is a Mexican company, another startup that we have facilitated all the software they have needed to design and produce the first Mexican plane in the last uh, 70 years. And it is actually flying. And uh, it's not just a project that intended to create a plane. It is intended to be a, a business. So this is uh, a company that we are hoping that in the next few years, we'll start selling dozens of planes, especially to the market of schools for pilots. That's the type of things that we are doing and are very much involved in Mexico. I find it so futuristic as a reality only seen in movies. Technology we might have seen on the big screen and thought it was years away is right here. Now, if I understand correctly, Correct me if I'm wrong. Simulation is not exclusively for machines. It can help the health sector as well. So how is this possible and how exactly can simulation help patients? Well, more and more, we know people that have had some type of accident or simply the age forces to get a replacement of a bone, for example, or a knee or a hip. And all these new replacements, mostly made out of titanium, have been designed and simulated so that the patient actually can use them and have the best possible life with it. You have seen probably or have heard about mechanical hearts, completely a pump in which a person is no longer using a, their own heart. <laughs> These are machines designed and uh, simulated. For example, medicine, some doctors need to operate a patient in which they need to cut some arteries and to sew them together again and things like that because they have some type of obstruction. Well, uh, what happened if instead of the doctor having only one chance to cut and see what the problem is, they know ahead in advance what will be the best thing for them to do? through simulation, because it is basically a computer fluid flow simulation. It's uh, fluids, basically, which is the blood. So it is not a surprise how humans are now living longer because we have all these aids to support us and have a better life. I remember many years ago, Sophia, it was in one of the ANSYS users meeting. This It was about 15 years ago. I'm starting to get old by the way, but it was like 15 years ago in which uh, in a big, big auditorium in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, where ANSYS headquarters are located, we had a surprise, basically, because there were a group of five doctors talking about Parkinson's disease that basically you don't have control of your muscles. And they were talking about a new development they were doing. It was basically a chip that we're going to try it in a patient to implement it, install it in their brain. So a young guy, only like 16 years old, very young, had this disease. And you could see some videos that they presented in which basically the poor guy didn't look well at all. He was moving all over, right? Anyway, after going through a first surgery, 
in which they installed this uh, chip in their brain, you could see him now on the right side of his body, he had full control. He could hold a cup of uh, coffee. Basically, he could do everything like a normal person. On the left side of his body, he still he didn't have control. So that was part of the learning process. Eventually, they installed another chip on the other side of the brain. And this is the surprise, because in this full auditorium full of people, then they say, well, welcome this guy. Uh, to be honest, I forgot his name. But this guy came walking and introduced himself perfectly, perfectly healthy in front of thousands of people. So simulation technology, it is used worldwide in all types of industry. That's how you have a faster and better phone every single day. There's a new company bringing you with the best cameras, the best antennas, the best connections, the best capabilities and all that because they have access to all this technology that allows them to develop things really fast. But that's not only in those areas, but in many, many other areas, including healthcare, it's uh, fantastic. It is even exciting to see how things are moving using simulation software. I have so many questions. You are talking about so many things that truly sound like they were taken from a sci-fi movie. I want to ask you, because I see you so excited when you talk about it, and I can see why, but from everything simulation technology is capable of doing, what is one of the functions or capabilities that impresses you the most? Mm, well, it's difficult to pick only one, but I will say that how fast you get answers now. I'm telling you, I started working in this field more than 30 years ago. I was using a 286 PC computer, very, very old, in which in order for you to have solutions using the ANSI software, it will normally take you several days to run even a very, very small problem, a very, very small model. Now, with the fast chips, the fast processors, the GPUs, the graphical chips, particularly made by NVIDIA, which, by the way, has been fantastic. You have answers basically almost in real time. For some cases, it is basically in real time. You click the button solve, and yeah, you have the answers. That, to me, is like from science fiction. Obviously, it is not for every solution because there are really very complex models that still need a big supercomputer to solve them. And um, sometimes you need really big resources in terms of uh, hardware to support those types of solutions. But for other smaller type of problems, which are still very, very complex, you have answers right away. That allows you to run a lot of different types of scenarios or what ifs. What happens if I change the dimension? What happens if I don't use this material and I use this other material? Whatever you have in your mind, you can try it, which is impossible to do it in real life with physical models. In the virtual world, you can do this with no limitations, basically. So you can try thousands, millions of different scenarios. And that's how in this time, we have things that are constantly amazing to us. All these electronics, all these technologies, all these huge televisions, the phones, the capability to transport us from one place to another really fast, either by planes or trains or whatever. Not to mention now the world in which we are, in which the electromobility is becoming a, a must. 
after uh, Elon Musk and Tesla started this movement uh, several years ago, we all know that in a few years, all the cars are going to be electric. And uh, eventually, maybe from hydrogen or some other types of energy. But for the moment, electricity and batteries are the ones that are taking the lead. And you could not do that without the aid of simulation software. Yeah, I bet there are very interesting stories. I remember you told me about one regarding bones in Colombia. Could you maybe tell us a bit about that story? I find it extra interesting because it comes up in sectors and situations that I wouldn't have thought of. Yeah, and not just in Colombia, Sofia, but also here in Mexico, we have a few universities like Tecnológico de Celaya and other universities and another research and development centers that they are creating bones or replacements of bones to support people that have had some medical condition or traumatism. And it's becoming cheaper, faster, and better because in the past, if you needed a knee replacement, you probably needed to bring it from Germany. And, uh, well, Germans, most of the time are bigger than Mexicans. So you needed to have some adjustments for you to use it. So every time more and more you see technology being created here in Mexico, Central America, South America, as you mentioned, Colombia, in which you would be surprised how difficult and how advanced all these things are being done. That to me is fantastic. I can tell you that after more than 30 years, when we started all this, we didn't have any customer, basically. <laughs> There were no companies, no universities, no nothing using simulation software. After all this time, you see all these big research and development centers for Mexican companies and mostly foreign companies that had been installed here in Mexico using the Mexican talent of our engineers and that are basically producing the designs of the products for the global markets of these companies. And I'm talking about General Electric or Ford or General Motors or Cementos Mexicanos or Continental or Bosch. Those are really huge companies that have trusted the Mexican talent and that are creating new products using Mexican technology. Fernando, could you share with me some common misconceptions or myths surrounding simulation software that you would like to debunk that would even explain why we're not seeing more of this in Mexico and Latin America? I love that question, by the way, Sofia. <laughs> One of the biggest myths is that you have to be a really big company. I just mentioned General Electric or Cementos Mexicanos, or Continental. Those are really big companies. And of course, they are very familiar. They have used simulations of technology for dozens of years. And that's not the case that uh, you need to be a big company. You can be a, a small and medium-sized company, Amipime, the way that we say it here in Mexico, and still have in a very cheap way. You don't need to have millions and millions of dollars to invest in this. All you need to have is the vision and some talent within your company to use and to take advantage of this type of software. That to me is one of the biggest misconceptions that only big companies have access to it. Now, I can mention to you several cases of Mexican small and medium-sized companies that because I'm not saying this, they say that. These people say that without the simulation software, they wouldn't have grown. They wouldn't have the customers. They wouldn't have the growth and the type of business they have now because they have based their growth on technology. 
So that's huge. Another thing is that in the past, most people used to say or to think that in order to use simulation software, you need to have a PhD degree in uh, some type of engineering. That's not the case as well. You can have some type of bachelor degree in mechanical engineering or have some type of uh, knowledge in engineering and you definitely can use the software. Thank you for that, Fernando. Now to start closing our interview, if you could give one piece of advice to businesses to stay up to date with the latest developments and trends in simulation software to ensure they are maximizing its potential for their organization that are listening to this podcast, what would it be? Well, I will definitely recommend them to listen, for example, the type of podcast that we are doing right now, Sofia, which is, I love it. It's, it's fantastic. In social network, you find a lot of information. All you need to do is to look for simulation software or ANSYS or simulation technology or any type of keyword like that. ANSYS has an interesting podcast. It is called the Simulation Podcast. If you want to listen, they bring customers. We're starting a new podcast here in our own organization, in which we are inviting customers to talk about their experiences and how they have used technology. Another source of information will be for you to participate in conferences. Uh, they are hosted everywhere. Another source will be to participate in workshops. For example, if you are interested, we have more than almost 300 universities that are our customers now here in Mexico. That means that you have more access to young students that could have more awareness and expertise on how simulation software is used. Probably I'm saying this to the business owners of uh, small and medium-sized companies that are not fairly familiar with this, but they have young engineers working for them. If they ask them about simulation software, most people will have some type of knowledge of how to use it. But uh, yeah, I guess social network, LinkedIn, you find a lot, a lot of uh, information, especially success stories, which I love them, by the way, because you don't need to get into a lot of detail to understand the benefits that this or that company have gotten by using simulation technology in their design process or, or their construction process. I can tell you about dozens and dozens of different cases here in Mexico and how the simulation has been used in order to produce better oil for Pemex, for example. Many, many, many different cases in which technology is being used here in Mexico. Most people don't realize how big these research and development centers are here in the country. Most people think that, and they are correct in a way that we are huge in manufacturing, obviously, especially automotive. We have a huge industry manufacturing automotives here in Mexico, but we also have a lot of big research and development centers of these the same companies creating new products here in, in Mexico for their international markets. Thank you so much, Fernando. Those were all of the questions I had prepared for you today. I'm very glad you could join us in the podcast. So again, thank you for sharing your insights and knowledge with us. No problem. If you ever want to visit us here in San Miguel de Allende, we have our headquarters. We also have our university in which I told you we are educating the new generation of mechanical engineers with expertise in design and simulation. 
And you know, San Miguel is a nice town. We also have an office in Mexico City and another one in Monterrey, but their main office is San Miguel. So not too bad place to work. <laughs> I totally agree. Of all the places in Mexico, you definitely picked one of the best ones. <laughs> we are lucky. We are lucky in that regard. The invitation is for you or to any of your listeners to contact us if you ever want to hear or know more about how simulation can help you. We'll be more than happy to share a little bit of our knowledge. Thank you, Fernando. I will take you up on that at some point this year. Sure. <laughs> and for everyone listening, you heard it. You have an open invitation to go see more about simulation and what it is capable of doing in San Miguel de Allende with Fernando. Go check out Fernando's recommendations and keep up with his groundbreaking advances in social media and LinkedIn. Don't forget to follow us, leave a rating and a review on whichever streaming platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And if you want to learn more about the Mexico business ecosystem, don't miss out on our audio articles written by the main experts across all industries. And we'll see you next month. Monday with a new view from the top.